Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Hello, welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. This is Mike. And this is Daniel. And here we are. And it makes me ask the question, why? Because <laughs> we like hanging out with each other. Because we like hanging out with each other. Why? Mike, why are you here? Because <laughs> I just really enjoy the presence of you two. Is that what it is? <laughs> I know why, why Mike's here, because Mike said, I will never do this. That's right. <laughs> All right, Mike, why do you enjoy our presence? <laughs> this has got to stop okay. right now. <laughs> okay. So... This is um, almost like talking to like a six-year-old. Why? <laughs> like, why? 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 No, well, because of this. Why? Yeah. Why? Because why? All right. I so, think they have it spot on. Yeah, that's it. Now you know. Today we're going to talk about our whys and why it's important to know our whys. And so you might hear us talking a little bit of like that uh, six-year-old right. who asked the question over and over and over again. Now, it might seem obvious but if you stop and think about it, I bet it's not quite as clear cut as you think. Absolutely. You know, uh, usually to find out your whys, you need to do some serious thought and some serious work. And if you understand your whys, and, and this applies to anything you want to apply it to in your life. Why am I at the job I'm at? Why am I, you know, why do I tolerate this situation? Why, you know. I think I'm going to add some, I'm gonna add some meat to that. Do it. One of the first questions that everybody has to ask themselves about getting involved with recovery. Why am I getting involved with recovery? Yeah. The first thing that most of us think of is, is that, well, my wife wants me to. Uh-huh. Yep. And that, that tends to be an, insu- an insufficient answer in terms of uh, why you would actually get involved in the magnitude of work that you're about to embark on. Because it's not enough, it's not enough to be doing this for somebody else. And so understanding your whys is really critical. And when you, can, when you can transition that from, hey, I'm doing this for somebody else to now I'm doing this for myself, that makes all the difference in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Understanding your whys is also a really good precursor to making good decisions. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Uh, if you do a little bit of work and, and figure that out, then when major decisions come, uh, they can be much easier. Yes, you know, I, uh, I'm fond of, of some of the comments that you make all the time. And that is, is that my future Gary will always, you know, will really appreciate the decision I make today. That's right. <laughs> and I think that's actually fantastic to think about, right? If you're making a decision right now, that's going to have an impact for the future and realize that, wow, what I do today, if I act out today, how much pain is that going to cause me tomorrow? Right. And to think about that. So yeah, always setting yourself up for future self to be happy. And successful is a big deal. So those are all wise. Those are all wise. So I, I want to tell a personal story here that might set the stage for the rest of our conversation. Sure. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the power of knowing your whys mm-hmm. and then how that plays into making decisions. Sure. And then we can go from there. So just recently, um, I decided to get a new job. All right. Now this was this is not a small decision by any means, but when it came down to it, it is actually a pretty easy one to make. And 
I was able to do it without anger and I was able to do it without um, a lot of trepidation. I felt really, really good about the decision and it came very naturally. And I credit that with knowing my whys. So uh, the, the, the job that I had, I actually... Uh, have been there for quite some time and and enjoyed the people that I worked with and and even really kind of enjoyed the work. Um, uh, I sacrificed some you know benefits and 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 the possibility of other pay because I was working for a very small company. But when it came to why do you work there, it was easy. It says because of the schedule that it gives me. Right. It gives me a nearly perfect schedule. Mm-hmm. And the schedule was absolutely necessary to me because uh, uh, you know, because it kept me safe, especially in the early days of my recovery. I, I really credit you know, a, a lot of the success of that with this situation. So that became very important. Not only I that, don't think our listeners really understand the magnitude of all that, so I'm just going to share that. Sure. There was a period of time that Gary was self-employed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was during that period of time of self-employed because this is really relevant to me being uh-huh. self-employed because one of the questions you asked me very early on is, is are you willing to actually change your change your job such that you can find recovery? So self-employed, acting out an awful lot, lots of money flying around, lots of different things happening to take a job that created a safe environment with you in, in, in this small, small, uh, this fall, this small business experience. And, and what it created was is that, uh, yeah, it created the schedule and the security and everything you needed for your recovery to blossom. Mm-hmm. And so this was no significant job change. This was, this was we're walking away from the money and from everything that self-employment right. provided to now creating an environment whereby I can be safe and I can experience recovery. Right. In fact, in fact I, I took a significant, significant like 60% or something like that. Yeah. It, was, it was a huge but it was important to me. That's how right. important my recovery was. And it made me accountable. Right. You know, put me, put me in, oh, I, I can't even imagine how blessed I really am that, that, uh, the opportunity presented itself. When yeah. it did. When yeah. it did. Yeah. So, so no big deal. No small, no, no small thing here when we start talking about a job change. Yeah. Right. No small thing. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the schedule, not only did it keep me safe during my recovery, but it also facilitated me living the life that I wanted to outside of work. Right. And so it was worth it to me to forego some of the benefits or greater pay that I might get working someplace else, you know, mm-hmm. by working mm-hmm. here. Um, and so let's fast forward 12-ish years, you know, to where I am now. And... And uh, the situation had changed. Um, now the the people who own the company wanted to change my schedule to facilitate some of the things that they wanted to do. Sure. Absolutely fair. Have no problem with that. If I owned the company and I had the ability to arrange schedules so that I could, absolutely, I, would, I, I completely understand that. So I wasn't, I wasn't angry or upset. You know, which is another indication of the recovery, period. right? Because that yeah. would have been for most of us in our <clears throat> would have probably behaviors, blown up would have, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. lost you, it at that, you know. But I did think, okay, it's no longer possible for this job to give me what I want, right? You know, uh, it's going to change, uh, it's going to change the schedule, so it's going to be less than ideal. So I'm, I'm no longer going to get that. 
facilitating my life outside of work. And um, now that I have, I'm going to be put in a situation where I might be risking a little mm-hmm. with a new schedule, new job change, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, and so, so then it became, well, maybe it's time to look for something else because this no, because now if I say, why am I going to stay here? I don't know. Why, right. why do right. I want to, you know, do I want to stay here? You, you see what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, I started consider. I talked to my wife very seriously and, and believe me, we had a really, really good conversation of all the kinds of possibilities. Are you going to be okay? You know, if I take mm-hmm. some of these other jobs and it requires me to commute right. or to tra- travel, you know, so travel, all, all of this, all end. of this kind of stuff. And we had this really good conversation. We felt like that we were in a good place and we made plans you know, for mm-hmm. some accountability and things like that, because I certainly don't want to screw up everything that we've right. worked so hard to get. But in as much as I was now going to be taking the risk, whether I stayed there or not, it was now time to consider, well, if I'm going to be taking the risk, then I should get some of these benefits that go with it. Right. But my point in, in saying all this, because I knew my whys, okay, and I understood that very clearly, when it came time to make a decision, it was easy to do, and I felt at peace in making the decision. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I didn't feel bad or guilty or even really nervous or, you know what I mean? It just felt good. Right. You know? And so, you know, a decision, you, you cut something away, you have to let something go to grab something else. And mm-hmm. it, it just came to a point in my life. And I don't think, I also think it was really interesting that we just, you know, starting the uh, Sage Three group kind yes. of experience. And one of those is, is developing meaningful work. And I thought, you know, maybe it's time to rethink that part of my life and, Absolutely. and, and see where that takes me. So I, I view this as a big step forward in my recovery. I'm really encouraged by the thoughts and feelings I had around it, you know, particularly mm-hmm. that I didn't get angry, that I was, that I was able to keep my serenity and still go through a major change like this. Right. In fact, that's probably one of the most peaceful big changes in my life really and in my right and it was really pretty smooth (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so that that is the most recent experience i had with understanding my whys Mm -hmm. okay now with that as an illustration Mm -hmm. let's jump into the rest of our conversation with whys and decision making well this is something i had to kind of deal with because i had some you know yeah, I've been living in my apartment. They just notified me that they're not going to renew my lease at the end of May. And it's like, oh, you know, I have to make a decision now. Yeah. I can't just wait, you know, because I, I have to do something now. Because if I wait till May, then there's going to be less options than there are now. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of went, I, you know, uh, Shane prompted me to go back to look at the decision making. It's in the beginning of the, the Sage 2 workbook. Right. And so... And I noticed there was a lot of things that I was saying. Um, and he's like, oh, you just need to read that chapter. And I'm like, oh, what the heck? So I went back and I realized there's like f- three particular words I was using. It was what he was trying to get. So there's, you know, and that's what I wanted to bring up here. Hoping. You know, I, I noticed I was using the word hoping a lot. And, you know, and he, in the book it says hoping is the beginning uh, to desire to change. And I was saying wishing a lot. And wishing is having a moderate desire to change. Wanting is having a higher desire to change. Um, and then we kind of get up into weathering, which is committing 
to make it happen. And then where I think you're at, you know, going to any length, using every possible advantage for success. Um, but what really stood out after that is in the next uh, paragraph it says sooner or later in life, one has to make a, a core decision about oneself. Am I worthwhile enough to fight for? It is a choice that is revisited many times in one's life. It is much more than the will to survive. And it's even more than a positive self-concept. In recovery, it is the decision to heal. It is the most robust form, um, or in its most, ro- mo- ro- in its most robust form, it is the decision to thrive. So, you know, just rereading over that, I'm like, okay, crap. All right, I'm slacking <laughs> a little bit here. You know, I need to make a choice. And that choice was... All right, I went home. I wrote down a game plan. These are the things I need to do, and you know it's it's and the whys, but definitely okay, you know why? Because I need a place for my kids. I need a place for me that's safe. I need a place for me that gives me space. And then it was like, okay, do I want to look at another apartment? Do I want to rent a house? Do I want to buy a house? Am I capable of doing that? But the only way I'm going to find that out is if I go meet with someone and so i've made those steps and then you know but the fundamental why was you know for my safety my kids safety and i wanted a better place you know the apartment's noisy it's obnoxious you know there are times where i go to bed and my neighbors are loud and it's annoying and yes i make complaints but there's not much they can do because it's not like they're being super loud it's just there's no insulation or soundproofing type situation and I want more sleep you know I want a place where my kids can run in the backyard and I don't have to worry you know if they want to go run out on the playground I still have to watch because it's open um so those were the whys and and that was kind of where Shane was pointing me to you got to make a decision you can't just sit on the fence but without I can't make a decision unless I know the reason the why I'm doing what I'm doing right and then the decision becomes it's a piece of cake. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I, this is why. It's kind of like with you, you know, why do I want to do this? And you made the decision and moved forward, and now some pretty awesome things have happened because of that. Uh-huh. And some things are happening for me that I didn't think were possible, and it, it's pretty nice. So we'll say that uh, sometimes we're unprepared for the why. Uh-huh. And that we're... Yeah. Uh, and that it takes an experience to really kind of drive the point home. I mm-hmm. have... Uh, I have a, I have children living in my home again. And for the longest time, I I remember with fondness that year that I had with my wife where my kids were not around. It was just the two of us. We were empty nesters. And I thought, this is bliss. This is as good as it gets. And uh, gradually, like, uh, you know, over time, they've, they've made their way back uh, because of need, because of need. And I, uh, and, and they don't tend to follow the rules of my home like I would have expected them to when they came back. They, they're adults now, and they live differently. And so uh, my oldest is in my home now and with my two grandchildren, and, and I, uh, I, I have for the longest time, I've had some, I've had some, some, dish, some issues with her and some things that I'm struggling with. And I, um, I was thinking yesterday as she came upstairs, she came upstairs yesterday, and really all the way along I'd been thinking to myself, she needs to go. She needs to go. She needs to go feel. She needs to experience life on her own so she can make some decisions on her own and spend her own money the only yeah. way she wants to. And, and, and that's a very grown-up thing to do, to leave the nest and to go. 
And uh, so I have been pitching for that for quite some time mm-hmm. with my wife, saying this this needs to happen. This needs to happen. And my wife has been good enough for the last several months to say, now let's just be patient. Let's be patient. And, of course, I'm an impatient person. And so um, it, it was a conversation I just couldn't understand. So yesterday my daughter came upstairs and had what I would consider to be a legitimate meltdown right in my room. Um, and it dawned on me at that particular moment that I know why they're here. They're here because of my grandkids. Which changed literally the whole why of everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just that fast. And I had a chance to, even though I had an awful lot going on at work and needed to get to work, I had a chance to spend some time with my granddaughter yesterday who was having who was having one of those moments where she couldn't be consoled. And, and for me to just spend an hour or two in a tea party, I think I drank more tea than I've ever drank in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a with a six year old, a five year old, and and you know, candy and crumpets and everything else was going on with it all. But it, we had just a, a new station alert has arrived. We had a great time with all of that, and uh, um, but what it gave me for just a brief moment was the understanding of the why, mm-hmm. and to recognize that suddenly it just it switched everything from the realization that Mike, they're here, they're here because. If they were out of there, they may not be getting the kind of help and support that they need while my oldest kind of puts herself back together. And so my point being is is that oftentimes we don't see the why. Mm -hmm. We don't understand the why until... It's, then it's made so so just so clear, so crystal clear that you start understanding that what what needed to happen, and that was my circumstance even just yesterday. So this is a this is an incredibly relevant topic, an incredibly timely topic as For well. Sure. So <clears throat> with your experience and and you know all the things that we're talking about here was just it was just brought home to me that when we understand what's really understanding the why why we make some of the decisions we do. Well, I, th- I think mm-hmm. when you understand your why's, it makes your life more meaningful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, I think it's a really, really good thing to understand whether it's a big thing or a small thing, mm-hmm. you know, understand your whys and it can be a powerful, powerful motivator, whatever your goal might be, you yes. know, recovery, fitness, weight loss, I don't know, weight loss, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it can really steer you in a good direction so that you, you keep doing healthy things as opposed to unhealthy things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, back in Sage 2, uh, we watched a video, and in that video it talked about just, like, making your bed. And I, and I know that kind of came up with you, but, and I, you know, and in the back of my head, I'm like, well, why? Why is that such a big deal? But then I realized, well, that's showing that, you know, I, I want a clean bed. I want it made when I come back to it later than that day, that it get, it shows that I have a clean room. And it's just all these things can pound on that. It, and, and that's a small thing. Uh-huh. Even as you small know? as this, the fact that you matter. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, again, that I matter enough to, that my yeah. room, my room looks nice, that my bed looks nice. You know, the same with brushing your teeth. It's, yeah. You know, I have, I have one son that's like, yeah, it's no big deal. And I'm just like, yeah. you know, I feel much better when my teeth are clean. <laughs> my mouth feels different. Right. You know. I feel different about me. I feel right. different about myself. Um, you know. You go camping and you come home, and the first thing I want to do is a shower, right? Because I just feel grimy and yeah. and, and dirty. And you get out and you just feel great. And the simple thing, what you know, the why on that is like because I feel good afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sometimes it's a lot of these small things that add up, 
and then you can look back and it like, oh wow, that really looks nice, you know. Like this la- this weekend, you know, I cleaned up my apartment. It looks really nice. Not that it's a, a giant mess all the time, but you know, and I, and I I came home from going to church and I just like, wow. This is really nice. There's nothing that I have to pick up. I don't have to worry about picking up anything right now. Yeah. I know that will change when my kids come over. Within like 30 seconds, it'll probably be a mess. But it feels nice in this being, moment yeah. that everything is done. I don't need to worry about it. You know, and I love the message that making your bed, well, you, well, we'll lean into that for just a minute, that making your bed sends to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's morning Daniel's telling evening Daniel that he was worth fighting for that's yeah right. yeah you know that's right you're worthy enough to fight for and because and you know it's nice to come home mm-hmm. i uh you know one of one of the you know one of those things for me is a man there's nothing better than putting on brand new socks for me i love that <laughs> that is like a treat you know yeah. so when when i put forth the effort to make sure that they're clean and folded and put away and I can pull them out in the morning and say, Oh man, thanks yesterday, Gary. <laughs> you know, and that's a small thing, yeah. but because you end, but because you understand the why's behind it, it becomes very meaningful. Right? Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, no, you know what? I need to, I need to take care of this little thing because I'm going to need that later. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that addicts fail to realize is how many of those little things went by the wayside. Oh, for sure. sure. Addiction. Oh my gosh. You know, how many of us in our addiction failed to do some of the basic little things that you're talking about, relied so heavily on everybody else to just pick up our socks and to put our socks away and to do all those different things. And so those uh, those were those were those were big things. And so to to really be thinking through now to say, hey, I'm really I'm worth it. I'm taking care of myself. Uh And that's that's where I need to be. And that's a that's a big deal. So, I mean, for me, so my, my previous job, I worked from home. Um, and this is like when things were the worst with my addiction and everything, I got up, I went to work. It was literally the next, the next room. It was a bedroom that we converted into my office. Mm -hmm. I stayed there, worked for eight hours. I, you know, and then I, I got out, I dealt with kids and life and everything like that. And, you know, looking back. I didn't shower every day. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't shave. You know, I, I, I went, no one saw me. No one. You know, I interacted on the phone. No one yeah. saw me. There was no video or anything like that. And I remember, like, if I would put pants on, my kids were like, where are you going? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? You put pants on. Like, because I just wore my pajamas. And I just go back to bed in my pajamas. And I didn't take the time to do anything for me. Now, yes, you know, I do work, still work from home off and on. But I get dressed. I get dressed, I, you know, I get out of my pajamas, I take a shower, I get dressed and go to work, you know, and there's several times, you know, even when I've had my kids where they're like, well, why'd you get dressed? I'm like, because I'm going to work. You know, even if it is home, I'm still going to work. I'm taking the time to show that I matter by getting dressed. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know, it, sells a very, it sends a very clear message yeah. to yourself yeah. mm-hmm. that this stuff matters. Yeah. And, 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 and I, yeah, I do get on video chats, but you know, they're not going to see my pajamas. It could be a T-shirt. But it's telling myself I, I matter enough to yeah. look nice whether I'm at the office or at home. And then those things become wonderful little uh, ha- you know, Absolutely. Ha- hallmarks of am I, am I doing what I need to do? Am I, yeah. am I in a good place for those yeah. things starting to slide? So knowing you're wise. And then if you... If you make this, you know, a habit, then you start applying it to the other areas of your life. 
Yeah. You know, and then, you know, when the big decisions come, you're already well practiced. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have your purpose. You understand your whys. So even if it's a decision that you need to make that you weren't expecting to, you have some very clear guidelines and some real commitment to what you're doing. And those will guide you in your decision-making process. And then you can start making those decisions with a little more confidence, Mm -hmm. a little more peace, a little more faith. And a little more intention. Intentional living kind of stuff. I was just thinking thinking of the three circles kind of a thing where we've Uh shared so much about the three circles and so much about that. You know, when you fall from your outer circle into your middle circle living, and we've talked an awful lot about middle circle living, yeah. always concerned that we don't want to go into that, that inner circle, right? Um, but this understanding our whys means that gives us the, then the opportunity to get back to our outer circle. Why? Because we were happy there. Right. It's a place where we can go, we can live comfortably, and we like being there. We don't I feel like, better about myself. I feel better about yeah. myself. That's exactly right. That's the whys. Mm-hmm. That's understanding the whys. And we start focusing less on, oh, my word, I don't want to fall into middle circle living or inner circle living. What I really want to do is I want to get back to yeah. good living. That's right. what I want it's to do. It's also a great problem-solving tool. Why am that's, I here? Why am I doing this? That's right. I, you know. All right. So we're just about out of time. So I'm just going to wrap this up by giving you a little tool to use. Okay. Okay, this is something that our common therapist taught me. I'm sure that you guys have heard it from me or from him probably on multiple times. Whenever it is you're going to sit down and do something, okay, you or you want to start applying this in your life, start asking the question why. And when you cannot answer the question why anymore, and you, the rule, there are a couple rules. You can't say, I don't know. <laughs> nope. Okay. okay. When you can't answer that question anymore, then you're probably at the bottom of it. And mm-hmm. then wow. you can start figuring out what you're doing. And if you want a little number, usually it takes about four or five whys to get there. So, And if you're saying, I don't know, you're not trying. Yeah, you're not trying. So let, let six-year-old you take the reins for a minute, <laughs> ask why, figure it out. Four or five times. Four or five times. <laughs> and then start living your best life. That's fantastic yeah. advice. All right. Well, this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. And this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-steppodcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.